To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Chiss Ascendancy. Today we're we are. I like that little yeah at the end. Thanks, man. Uh, nice little food solo. All right, so here's the thing. Sam's got some chocolate milk. I specifically brought eggnog. To I this, didn't know he's going to bring eggnog either to this recording because I think Christmas got moved to December the fourth. From now on, December the fourth is Christmas, and December the twenty fifth will know be known as Christmas two. Did you see that we're going to have a Christmas star on the twenty first? No. I think Saturn and Mars or Jupiter, they're going to line up. It's going to be That's Christmas cool. star. Two planets. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I have waited my entire life for this week's episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah, I was uh, watching the recap, and I was like, so I'm guessing based on the recap, we're going to have Boba. Just so I got to watch it before me, I had a four-hour drive that I had to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just had the sunglasses thing and sunglasses emoji. And then I got like three minutes into the episode. It's like, holy Moses, Boba right away. <laughs> I was like, things are going to happen. Yep. Something's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. The chapter 14, the the name of the episode is The Tragedy. I disagree. <laughs> what happened to Grogu slash Baby Yoda slash the child slash the asset at the end was sad. But I was irate about what happened, by the no, way. No, I was upset. Give, don't get me wrong. No, I wasn't upset. I was irate. But that was completely overshadowed by the greatness. What's the funny is that... greatness I, like, that was for Boba moment, Fett. For a moment, I forgot about everything that had happened previous, and I was like, how dare they? Yeah. Like, I was, I was so caught up on it. Oh, yeah. So, okay, overall thoughts. Let's get into this. Overall thoughts, am I in a dream? Am I alive? Is this heaven? Um, I know it's not heaven because I have to wait till next Friday to see what happens. But um, I saw a funny thing on Reddit that said, uh, I'll just pull it up. But it's basically uh, an EU fan, you know, ex- uh, Expanded Universe. That's what Disney now calls Legends. Yeah. Um, you know, reacting to what they saw in The Mandalorian. And it says, so, obviously we're going straight into spoilers, so here we go. It says, so I just watched The Mandalorian fight with Boba Fett, who is also a confirmed Mandalorian at this point, to protect Baby Yoda, also known as Grogu, against dark troopers on the ancient Jedi planet of Tython from a renegade moth who may or may not be working for Thrawn. And or, not mentioned or confirmed, but possible, the resurrected body of the cloned Emperor Palpatine. This is quite a lot to take in. 
<laughs> Dude, it felt like... I told you this. I, I thought it... Like, there was so much more of the episode. It felt like it had only been 15 minutes, and then it, it was gone. Yeah. It went so fast. It was just whoosh, and he was gone. Whoosh. Um, I was sad that this Andy. was the shortest... This was the shortest episode of the season. Yeah. Um, but, uh, think about this. The... For, for me, I told you... Uh, Obviously, a lot, a lot of you who listen know that I have the Star Wars photography page. I said, so now you know what my mind looks like as Vet Ventures photography is taking place. It was just amazing. It was one of the fun things, uh, one of the things that I try to do when I'm doing the toy photography stuff. That's funny because I always pictured your process as more like Dev from Napoleon Dynamite where you take a picture and you stand there and you're like, this is going to come together real nice. <laughs> no, usually I hate it till the very end when I post it. Uh, but I sit there and I think, uh, it, it's a bunch of what ifs. It's a bunch of well, an, an old Disney or not Disney, an old star Wars term. God forgive me, uh, is, um, infinities, which is, you know, what could have happened in this show? What could have happened in this movie? What could have happened here? What happened mm-hmm. if Darth Vader turned good? There's a old infinity comic where Vader turns good, but he also is alive by the end of star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he actually has his same armor on because he can't live without it, but it's painted white because he's a good guy instead of black. Uh, so just stuff like that. So I think about that all the time. Like, okay, oh, would have been cool if it would have Darth Maul had to feed Obi Wan and took Luke to train him or things like that. Mm-hmm. So one of those what ifs was, man, what if when the show The Mandalorian comes out, what if Boba Fett has survived and they team up somehow and the whole. I want to say the off season, but between seasons one and two, so many people were saying, uh, who's going to win when they show down. And for whatever reason, I really felt like there was going to be a reason for them to work together, which they're obviously well, ideally they would because they're both supposed to be Mandalorians where now that they, they both are and Mando's on board with Boba Fett being mm-hmm. Mandalorian, even though he's somewhat in disgrace because somebody managed to remove his helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he wasn't raised by David Koresh, so it's not a sin to take off your helmet where Boba's from. Um, overall thoughts, it was fantastic. I did not feel like it was rushed. I didn't feel like it was forced. Boba Fett felt very natural. Uh, it was very cool to see, uh, uh, Finnick again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was pretty G in this episode. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, she was dope in the freaking. Can we talk about how dope it was when she jumped off that ledge and then rolled turned backwards? Turned around? Yeah, it was freaking yeah. sick. Yeah, I was thinking about you. I was like, dang, that's such a war zone move. Um, I'm all the way about that. But when she was like, and like unvelcroed her freaking stomach and she had a c-3po stomach yeah she had like a soda machine in there yeah what if she just pulled out a straw and was like coke zero uh but that was crazy um being on tython the freaking force tunnel or whatever the crap that dadgum yeah (laughs) whatever the crap grogu was doing he has to have made contact with someone with that great of a... I think so. They called it the Seeing Stone, so I wonder if he was in there having a vision or something. Mm. Did you notice that... Yeah, I did notice the... Like that. There it, we go. Yes. Yeah. It was the... The um, mm. But also the... Gallium pose with his thumb and forefinger. Um... All right, so I want to read a cool review that we got. Okay. Specifically, we usually do this on the main 
podcast. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, but this is it specifically mentions the Mandalorian. Um, I'm a part of a. You see other at odds. I did that on purpose. Yeah, it's, I noticed. Uh, I'm a part of a few different groups on um, Facebook and Instagram and stuff. A uh, friend of ours uh, posted here. I hereby dub the Chiss Ascendancy podcast the most prophetic Star Wars outlet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I replied, here, here, with a little cheers emoji. And then I said, um, not out of pride, but out of curiosity, like, what are you referring to? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot. So here we go. He said, uh, this is my buddy Findor Moon on Instagram. Cool photographer. He's actually making me a custom um, chunky Mandalorian out nice. of an old toy. Boy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jango Fett references in The Mandalorian. You guys covered the history of Jango Fett months ago, and now this week we learned a lot about him being a foundling from Concord Dawn. His chain code confirmed that Jastin Maria was his mentor, and he learned about him fighting in the Mandalorian Civil Wars. You guys are consistently and preeminently providing information in your podcast that ends up being very relevant to what is currently happening in Star Wars, specifically when it comes to The Mandalorian. Cobb Vanth, Tusken Raider lore... Crate Dragons, Django Fett, uh, etc. Thrawn, you guys are on a roll. And so that was like super, super cool to read that today. Nice. Uh, that being said, here's a crazy thought that came to me today. Mm-hmm. Um, should I say this for what's next? Sure. I'll just go ahead and say it while we're here and I can expand later. What if the child talks to Kyle Katarn? I'll come back to that later. Standout moments... Go ahead. Um, I didn't give you... Sorry, give me your overall thoughts. My overall thoughts. I... You know? You don't know how to, like, summarize something. What do you even say? Yeah. I don't know. It was was phenomenal. I I just loved every bit about it. Uh, We got Boba right at the start. Uh, I thought it was cool that Boba... for, For everything that we've seen about Boba, he's kind of been a renegade. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then in this episode, he makes a deal and he's very Mandalorian about how strong he is about standing by the deal that he made. You know, even to the point where he's going to go above and beyond. He said he would secure or ensure the child's safety. And then even, you know, even after it's kind of like out of his hands, he said, we're going to ensure the child's safety. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. now it's Mando's against the world. Uh, I thought it was cool to see Slave One back in action. Uh, we got to see the dark troopers happening. Los uh, troopers, Poyos. You said Los troopers, Hermanos. Yeah, That's Los what troopers, Hermanos. Yeah, That's those were super cool. Uh, I saw a funny post that um, whenever they're going down and you see the rockets in their feet, mm-hmm. it reminded me of the uh, the like the AI super suits from Iron Man Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a funny post that was like. Just in case you forgot, my name is John Favreau. I also directed Iron Man. <laughs> like a calling card within yeah. his own. Um, but, um, yeah, it was just amazing from the get. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I knew that the pie was hot whenever we were barely on Tython. Well, yeah, you th- And you freaking would... Slave 1 comes out of the... Oh. I was like, oh, mama. <laughs> um, I did feel like it looked a little bit fan-filmy, which because they're filming outdoors. Um, so, like, the stormtroopers running and stuff, like, that's the thing is, like, 
they're still people in armor. Like, they're going to still look kind of clunky sometimes. Well, and I thought it was funny. We've talked about how the Mando is kind of like a game, like a video game. Yeah. And it's, and it's quest aptitude, but it's also um, kind of video gamey and how many stormtroopers just kept coming out of the ship. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, all right, killed five stormtroopers. Okay, ten stormtroopers coming out of the same ship. Yeah. Held back for some reason. Is this Call of Duty zombies or what's going on? <laughs> Why are there 60 stormtroopers in the first one and 12 in the next one? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was funny that the ship looks so much bigger than the Razor Crest, but then when you get up close to it, the doorway seems like only like two people at a time could walk yeah. through it. Well, and I thought it was cool that those troop transports, they kind of duped me because the body of the ship itself looks very similar to the ship that um, Cal, mm-hmm. the Jedi from Fallen Order, the ship that he flies around in. Without that giant fin. Yeah, it has a great dorsal fin, but um, aside from that, the shape of the overall body looked very similar to that. So when that ship first showed up, you were thinking this I is the it, Jedi. I thought it was the Jedi. So but then I that's was like, crazy because oh, my, I totally forgot about my the first thought was totally somebody bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, we already had Boba Fett there. We are already at odds, so I didn't know if it was going to be like you a know neutral what, maybe, thing or a thing that was going to propel them to be together. Yeah, I think because Boba had just said, we'll work together, my mind was like, well, who are we going to work together against? Like, I was already kind of going to yeah. that place. Um, okay, standout moment for you. Go ahead. I don't know why I get caught up on this. I think the knee rockets was really cool. Um, it was cool to see Baby Yoda doing something not just like forcey, but like very force you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you, you see him force choke care dune or pick up the mud horn those were all really cool things but this mm-hmm. was something that was even mando couldn't get through that force field when he was meditating that was yeah. very cool um those uh hieroglyphs around the edge of the rock reminded me of the meditation circles that you have in fallen order mm-hmm. so maybe that was a call out to that maybe it was just circumstance you know Every episode, there's something that someone's like, here's what that said. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, to this day, I haven't seen anyone post the, like the translation. what the translation is. Man, they've been translating the crap out of Boba's chain code, though. <laughs> so now we know what everybody cares about. Uh, so standout moment for you was Knee Rockets, Baby Yoda's Trance. Yeah. Dark Troopers was cool to see them in action. It was a little underwhelming, their involvement. I mean, just, they just kind of swooped in. Whoosh, I, and they were gone. I think, <laughs> but Andy, I think that um, that was on purpose because we're probably going to get a lot of them in the next two episodes. Perhaps, perhaps. Um, okay, standout moments for me. Um, three or four or five, just from seven, twelve, in, twenty-five in order. The whole episode. Um, Slave one showing up on screen. Yeah, that was cool. Was awesome. Um. Where do you think Slave One was at while Boba was tattooing, diddling about, and tattooing? Yeah, but like, I mean, you would on the home planet of Jawas, that thing didn't get scrapped. It's incredible. He was in Jawas. That's true. Palace. It was. It had to have been parked at Jawas, huh? You think so? Or maybe, maybe it was in a hangar. At, maybe it was in a hangar somewhere. Yeah, but it's so hard to believe that something wouldn't have happened to it. But they know it's Boba Fett's ship. Yeah, but everybody thinks Boba Fett's dead. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine whoever owns the hangar that it would have been parked in. But you know what? It, it seems like by the return of the Jedi, when he's there and he's working with Jabba, I think he, I think he's pretty much on retention at that point. Jabba just pays him a butt ton of money to stick around. So maybe there was some place within... Retainer. What did I say? Retention. He's, yeah, in retention with Jabba. Retainer, yeah. On retainer, yeah. I think that um, 
maybe he had a spot like within Jabba's palace that it's parked because we don't know what's happened in legends the Bomar monks took over that place those spider things with the mm-hmm. brains in the glass um but yeah that would be interesting to know where that's been yeah i thought it was cool that he rescued finnick just to have a sidekick yeah that's cool also did they confirm basically that boba was the person that walked up on her mm, maybe so or yeah. did they well, confirm it that it was have to be because did they confirm it was mandalorian because I he think... said you were dead no, I think I think it was Boba because it had the spur sounds. It wasn't just the armor. You know what I mean? They didn't show the armor. They only showed the boots and the scarf. Right. I was thinking that too. But when Mandalorian first walks down into the bowl to place Go, uh, Grogu on the stone, he has spur sounds on his feet too. Yeah, it's a Mandalorian thing. Yeah, so I can't tell what the spurs were for. They were always for Boba Fett, but... Yeah, it's... it's um. It's just a sound effect they make, kind of like Squidward taking steps. No, I know, but what I'm saying is maybe they showed us... I don't know. It's very interesting. No, that wasn't Din Djarin. No? No, because he didn't have the uh, jetpack at the time, so his cape wouldn't have been to the side. It would have just been straight down. Hmm. I'd have to go back and relook and see what the cape was like. It was on the side. Um, standout moment, though, obviously, for me, both in the hand-to-hand combat with the gaffy stick... Was so cool because I think growing Is up... Is it Gaffy Stick or Gadurfy Stick? Both. Okay. Um, I remember seeing this the stick and being like, what the freak is this for? But now we know. Yeah, it's for freaking brutalizing fools. Well, the thing is, like, I just saw it and I was like, what was that going to... Like, I don't understand the point of it. But it's basically oh, like... it's got a, a point it's, on both ends. <laughs> it's like, uh, what's that African war club that they have? I don't remember what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. They, uh, Native Americans had them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically like that, but... It's like a stick with a huge ball at the end of it. Yeah, and also a spear at the other Destroy end. Destroy some folks. But dude, he was giving those stormtroopers the business, all the business. He's getting them heck. And um, it was cool because uh, he was shattering helmets, those cool. helmets even worse than Chirrut was from Rogue One. Yeah. And when he saw the Razor Crest was not locked, he was like... Don't mind if I do. Going for it, dude. <laughs> when he showed up... Oh my god. I've waited my literally my entire life to see him back in that armor. Do you think that the stormtroopers ran because of Boba Fett himself or because they didn't think they stood a chance against two Mandalorians? Both. I think the thing was he put his foot on a rock and two rockets shot out of his kneecap and killed the first two guys. Yeah, that's freaking sick. You know what I mean? For being out of practice for having put on that armor for a few years, he's sure strapped up real quick. Oh yeah, he's... He lived it for 25 years. Yeah. Um, also, uh, next couple of episodes, we've got a lot of stuff. I got to see wrist rockets. I got to see knee rockets. I got to see a lot of things. Got to see backpack rockets. I would love to see him use some of those tools in the shin guards. If his jump, Well, I guess his jump tooth's probably gone gone. You know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. though? Those little pockets. Yeah. Like cargo pants. He had, like... On his shins, he had, like, blades and stuff. Mm-hmm. That would have been sick. But I guess his, his boots and crap were probably, like, gone, gone. Um, unless he has a, a new, another pair or something in the Slave 1, which would make sense. Um, but the things that stood out to me the most were the were the Boba Fett lore-establishing yeah. moments. I thought it was cool that he uh, used the slug thrower. That was pretty dope. Oh, the pistol? That Tuscan rifle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. 
That thing is long-barreled. Yeah, I think in Battlefront they call them Tuscan Cyclers, but I believe mm. in novels and stuff they call them Slug Throwers. Well, the difference is uh, a Cycler still shoots a beam. Mm-hmm. A Slug Thrower is Star Wars terms for a gun like we have. A gun that just shoots regular bullets. Right. Is not, doesn't shoot, use laser fo- laser power. I thought it was just like laser bullets, but you load them one at a time. You know, there's uh, states where there's certain game that you can hunt, but you can only hunt with what's called a muzzle loader, uh-huh. which is a modernized weapon, except for you still load it in the barrel, like a like a musket. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That's what I was kind of envisioned a, a slug thrower as. Yeah, like one shot, one hitter quitter. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, if you look it up, I think it's like, it's um, obviously it's like ancient technology to them. Yeah. But it's. I remember it's, they talk about you know if somebody has a slug thrower, but then they go up against a blaster rifle, it's they get wrecked. Yeah, because you're shooting an object instead of just shooting a laser. So like the effect it has is diminished in further distance and stuff. You know, obviously in theory the laser can just go on forever if you have good aim. Um, but I would say that when he says uh, when he's like, I want that armor, mm-hmm. and Cobb or Cobb Vanth, freaking uh, Dinjarn is like, you're gonna have to. Peeled off my dead body. And he's like, I don't want your armor. Yeah. I want my armor. I was like, give it to him. Give him the freaking armor. Um, and then uh, him saying, uh, are you a Mandalorian? Did you take the creed? And Boba Fett says, I pledge my allegiance to no one. That's I was like, dope. God dang. He's doing oh, it. The standout moment for sure was when he quoted Jango Fett and then quoted Luke Skywalker. I'm just a simple man making my way in the galaxy. Like I like that it wasn't. Me. I like it wasn't like word Verbatim. for word. Yeah, like it would be like you're quoting somebody you heard. Yeah. Thirty five years ago. Exactly. I'm just a simple man like my father before me. Yeah, that was super cool. I loved the attachment he still had to all of Django's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, you would though, you know. That's I mean? that's become such a big of his personality off screen. Mm-hmm. That we didn't know of the last time we saw him on screen as Boba Fett with the armor. Right. So it's cool that they're tying all those together. It's really neat to see prequels, Clone Wars, um, original trilogy, and now sequels time after the pre- after the original trilogy all coming together and they're all tying up. It's very, very cool. Um, when he, I liked when he used the word forebears. Mm. His armor was given to him by his, for, for, uh, by his forebears. Uh, it was his, and now it's mine. Dude, he was just pissed from the get-go. He woke up and had no coffee. He wanted it, bro. Mm-hmm. Woke up on the wrong side of Slave 1. For real. I bet you it's a comfy bed in there. I don't think so. No? No, it's it's not about comfort. It's about convenience. Credits. That's what it's about. You know Money. Mean? Um. Okay. New characters. Really only the Dark Troopers. The Dark Troopers were there. Boba Fett in action. Fennec 2.0. Yeah. Finnick was super dope. Boba Fett was super dope. Um, I feel like they dialed back Din Djarin a little bit just to give Boba Fett a little bit more prominence because he was getting pushed back. He wasn't really shooting very well. You know what I mean? He's getting blasted by stormtroopers from every direction, and then Boba Fett comes in and manhandles all the troopers, and they retreat. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that Boba is so deadly is because he just goes forward. Yeah. Um, okay, rating. I gave it a 10 out of 10. I'm feeling a little bit like I'm not grading on a curve here, but uh, I'll give it a 10. Yeah. How are you not going to yeah, give that one that a 10? Was, that was phenomenal. Um, I saw uh, a Star Wars page, a very popular Star Wars page, but for the sake of uh, being a gentleman, I won't call them out. But there was, 
they were talking about how they didn't like this episode and all the comments were like disagree disagree <laughs> disagree what are you going to talk about you know what i mean like every, yeah. everybody in the comments was like wrong what what was their point they were talking about it was like fan filmy but i was like in who gives a poop that's 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 one of the things that as a star wars fan is so frustrating about star wars fans because it's like i don't want fan fiction but if God forbid Ryan Johnson goes and does something that you didn't want to see. You're going to rage for the next God knows how long. Yeah, like, who freaking cares? What more do you want? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give me more fan fill. Yeah. <laughs> I want I mean? more fan service. When they're like, oh, that's so dumb. You know, freaking The Rise of Skywalker. They're like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. Lando wouldn't want to be back there. And I'm like, but he does. <laughs> like... Wow. Crazy how he did. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is so stupid. Kylo Ren seeing his father as a vision. And I was like, don't care what you think. I like it. Like, I don't I don't give a crap if it's fan fiction if freaking Boba Fett comes back. And also, what, what part of fan fiction is the deadliest bounty hunter in the galaxy doing deadliest bounty hunter in the galaxy things? That's the stupidest thing I've heard in my life. I would also like to said. point out that... Underneath the armor he had on that very, very thick robe. I saw a meme that I sent to him he's a little defensive about where it said before quarantine and after quarantine and it had Boba Fett from Jedi where he was all slim and trim and it had him and he looked more like the thick boy. Yeah. At least I can dress as Boba Fett now. He's dead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that he'll probably get a new jumpsuit or something after this episode um, and he'll look... Tamar Morrison is always in shape. Yeah, so we'll see. You look fit, but yeah, yeah. It was really cool. I did like the even if he's like fat guy strong. You know what I mean? Like they're just kind of bulky, but there's not a lot of uh, definition. Mm -hmm. That that armor plating is not going to be very forgiving of that. Right. Well, that's the thing is, I bet you that Pedro Pascal, the guy who plays the Mandalorian, for him for his chest and stomach to be flat like that, Mm -hmm. I bet you he's super skinny. You know what else? I was looking at how um, just because I've been pictured the armor with the jumpsuit i never realized how bits and pieces boba fett and jago fett's armor is compared to din Djarin's. like din Djarin has a lot more beskar on his body hmm. like his armoring's a lot more complete um whereas like you've got the elbows the gauntlets the shoulders the chest piece the cod piece in the helmet mm-hmm. and the rest of it's kind of free balling well jango has the um jango has the shin pads and the thigh pads right and oh. even the, you know what always looked very uncomfortable to me is on Django Fett's, it looks like he has a piece of armor where your ankle meets your foot, but on the front. And that looks like he would just dig into the bottom I've, of your shin. I've seen uh, pictures of like medieval armor like that, but yeah. it's like super flexible. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Django's armor is more complete than Boba's as far as how much metal there is. Mm-hmm. And Boba's, like, his thighs don't have any. He's got the knees. Yeah. And then nothing until the shoe. But he's got two little devil horns on the tips for two kicking. Two little bosk toes. Yeah. Two little ball crushers down there. <laughs> that would suck. Carlos the Nutcrackers. Yeah. Um, he's got the... He's always in the holiday spirit. He's got the little crotch cover. And then... Um, I changed my mind. I saw you had gazpacho soup in your fridge. <laughs> Can I go to the gazpacho? Ooh, it's hot. Burn my mouth. <laughs> when you expect something to be, to ice, be cold. ice cold and it's room temperature, it can burn your mouth. Yeah. Dude, what a funny thing. Um, I brought my walnuts. You have a nutcracker? I have one with the Christmas decorations. Well, that shouldn't be too much trouble to get. What a butthole. 
Um, Let's get it. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, so it's, uh, I think you should leave. It's a sketch show on Netflix. Yeah, you should check it out. Um, the the cool probably the coolest as far as action was the coolest when Boba was going. But the moment that I was like, yes, was the moment where Boba says, "I want to show you something," mm-hmm. and he pulls up his little DNA, his little. It's basically a log of like his family tree. And he says, this is me, Boba Fett. Which, just hearing him say that in that New Zealand accent, I was like, oh, yeah. This is me, Boba Fett. This is my father, Django Fett. A um, couple of things. It was really cool that he, uh, that Din Djarin said, so your father was a family. And he says, yes, he was adopted by the Mandalorians and fought in the Mandalorian Civil War. Um, that was freaking sick. You know what else was cool was watching uh, Grogu manhandle those troopers. At the end? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's freaking giving those guys what fur. Uh, did you see that when people uncoded the um, the little thing that it has the word Jaster? Mm-mm. Yeah. It says, it says, Fett, Boba, Father, Django, Mentor, Jaster, which that canonizes Jaster Mareel, if that's who they're referencing. And it says, Concord Dawn, um, ad- adopted, year found link something like it's incomplete like you need to scroll up mm-hmm. but it says j-a-s-t-e and the r is not there but that would be freaking sick that's cool because that's that Django fett open seasons yeah that we were talking about i also heard a very cool thing okay so if um remember when boba says it's it's my dad's armor you know mm-hmm. now it's mine um someone i saw talked about so Django's helmet is definitely blown up because he uses it as a bomb during the Clone Wars to try to kill Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. Remember, it blows up in half. So the helmet's not his. Um, do you think that the armor is Jango's? And if not, why does he say that? And then secondly, the thing that I heard was from Jango Fett Open Seasons, Jango has armor very, very similar to what Boba wears oh, the first time yeah. we see him. And then he steals... I think Django might have had multiple sets. Right. Um, and that's what they were saying is maybe this one was the gift from Jaster to well, Django. And we know he had at least multiple jetpacks because he has different jetpacks that we see in episode two. Right. Yeah, because he's got the one that he's got the one that copies Boba. Yeah, the iconic backpack missile, and then he's got the one that's got a slimmer profile. Which is closer to Din Djarin's. Mm-hmm. So, very interesting concept. Maybe he has multiples. And if that was the case, and if they... Obviously, it's up to them what they do with that. But if we're going off of the Open Seasons storyline, the one that actually means more to him is the older beat-up one because that was the one that was given to him where he earned but from the Mandalorians because well, the other one was stolen. And we also have the Boba Fett armor from when he was a kid. It's possible that that got repurposed. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, also, here's a cool thought is... For the longest time, they always said that Boba Fett had Durasteel armor. That was one of the things that... I think but if, if you look it up right now, a lot of sources will still tell you that Jango Fett had Durasteel armor. Well, the silver one was Durasteel, is what I've understood. But if this one... Yeah, it goes back to my original point. If Boba is so protective because it was Jango's given to him by Jaster or the surrounding crew, then that would mean that the one that Boba wears is Beskar. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. And it makes sense why it would survive the Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. Also, it gave me chills to hear Boba Fett say, Mmm, Beska. I was like, oh, he knows what it is. 
Yeah. I also thought it was a nice touch how they gave his face like acid burns from having been in the Sarlacc. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Yeah, that must have sucked. His teeth look nice, though. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. Hollywood. Uh, okay. What is next? I don't even know. Okay, so... We gotta, I'm hoping we get Thrawn, like, maybe a late reveal. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe just a voice or the back of his head or something for the fina- for the finale. We have two more episodes. Yeah. I'm shooting so, for two episodes away. Two episodes away, the very end, Thrawn. Is Thrawn working with Moff Gideon or against him? Thrawn would not work with Gideon. No? No. Especially now that there's nobody to make him work together. Yeah, Thrawn is as Thrawn does, and the Chiss Ascendancy is the number one priority for Thrawn, and I don't see Gideon working toward the Chiss Ascendancy, especially if what we saw in the previous episodes was working towards... um, It wouldn't surprise me if Thrawn would go to great lengths to try and thwart the return of Palpatine. Because he's a threat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there is a book called Thrawn Treason, after all. Yeah, he he was definitely already a button pusher when mm-hmm. the Emperor was alive and well and could I don't kill think him. Moff Gideon would have liked Thrawn anyway, because Gideon's obviously very politically adept, mm. and I think he would have disliked Thrawn because of it. Interesting, <sighs> man. But anyway, I th- I think if we get Thrawn at all, I think we'll get him very end of finale, kind of yeah. like we had the Boba Fett reveal and. Or the alleged Boba Fett reveal in, in season one, episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, we gotta get Grogu back. That's gonna be the main objective. I assume they're gonna get Grief Karga and Cara Dune back on board. Yep. Um, they're gonna go get Bill Burr. Yeah, they're gonna go get Mayfeld. So it's gonna be true video game style. You're working towards something else, and you gotta do a side quest to unlock the main quest. So they got to go get Mayfeld to get Do Grogu. you think that Mayfeld's episode is going to take up a whole episode next week? It wouldn't surprise me, ma'am. It, I think it would be really cool if... Um, I think it would be cool if they're just together at the beginning of next episode. People are going to complain. I don't care. I'm saying because people will complain, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh. I think that people will complain either way because people don't want another Prison Break episode like we had last year. Hopefully it's just something brief. Yeah, maybe it's just like... Boom, he's, we're I getting think, him out. I think maybe the end of this next episode is going to have to be like uh, Infinity War. You know what I mean? Where Thanos kind of had everybody by the b-hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. End game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just so there's like even greater so, peril oh, for so the you, finale. So you think that Gideon's going to have everybody dead to rights by the end of this next episode? I think it's going to be pretty rough. Um, if not only just because of now they've got the Death Troopers and that's the new greatest threat. Uh, they had it was like maybe a Venator class like it was a smaller Star Destroyer but he's got a Star Destroyer it, I have noticed that his his capital ship is not very large which means that he's not the big bad I mean he's just a moth most moths didn't have a Star Destroyer at their command I remember it was a big deal that uh, Tarkin it's, got a Star Destroyer to command as he was made Grand Moff it's before very, that he only had the Carrion Spike it's very interesting, which the Carrion Spike is kind of the cooler ship. Yeah, but... It's very interesting that Gideon seems to be the most hands-on moth that we get. Yeah, but there's nobody else to do his bidding anymore, really. No, but I'm saying even when you when you hear the stories of years past, when he was a... I, if he was still a moth already mm-hmm. and was there for the 
the Night of a Thousand Tears during the Purge. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Pretty about interesting that he's that, that military hands-on kind of guy. Because Tarkin's the most militarily adept moth by far. Right. But my point that I made in previous episodes is that Gideon wears armor. Right. That he's a warrior at heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most moths were political. It was technically a, a civilian, or not a civilian, but not a military title. Right. Um, and so because of that... Yeah, know, imagine being so good at your soldier job that they give you... You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like a moth is... A moth is higher than, you know, an admiral or whatever. But imagine you're so good at the the warrior job that they're like, we're going to go ahead and give you control of this region of space. Well, and I, for m- most points, I think Moff is kind of interchangeable with governor. Mm-hmm. Because um, Tarkin was governor. Regional governor. And then he was oversector governor mm-hmm. um, as Grand Moff. Right. But... Uh, it's very atypical that Gideon would be a moth, but he goes around dressed in armor. So that very much speaks about his intent, speaks about his personality, speaks about his history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that he he's going to have some fight scenes in the next two episodes for sure. Right. Because um, uh, Giancarlo talked about, I, I always try to be in good shape, but I, I'm glad that I have that mindset already because this is, has required me to be in good shape. Yeah. Um, obviously, the spear is... Yeah, the Very spear's, important. Yeah, the spear is obviously going to lead up to a fight with uh, Gideon. There's no way that's not what that's for. So the Razor Crest is which gone. is another video game thing. Mm-hmm. The Razor Crest is gone. It's a legendary weapon that may or may not come in handy. Do you think that the it's a mystery tool? Is later. the pulse rifle gone? It's a good question. It's a good question. I don't know. He didn't have it. He's been walking. I always say. Why doesn't he have his rifle? You know, I've been saying that. Like, he's got his... And I think maybe it's because of the jetpack. Yeah. I've seen him carry the jetpack with the rifle, though. Both? Yeah. I oh, think really? in the the first episode after the crate Dragon, I think he had his rifle on him when he used the jetpack. Hmm. Well, um, I mean, And he was using the rifle with the jetpack while fighting the crate Dragon. No, but I'm talking about, like, just usual walking around. Yeah. He's been leaving that on the ship. Perhaps. I mean, so, he's carried it less, but he didn't really use it a whole lot in season one either. You know, total weapons usage. Yeah. It's mostly the handgun. Well, season one, he used it in episode one right off the bat to shock that giant ice. Right, but he wasn't carrying it either, I don't think. He went and got it off the ship. Mm, maybe. Um, and then he also uh, freaking shocked a cr- or blew the crap out of that Trandoshan. In episode two. Yeah, it was sick. Um, so, I th- this is just a hunch, and I could be completely wrong, but I don't want to not say it, just in case it does happen. Um, in Legends, there's a Imperial Stormtrooper whose name is Kyle Katarn, and he's... Um, it's funny, because before Rogue One was a thing, mm-hmm. Kyle Katarn's first job was as a rebel spy was to get the Death Star plans. Right. So, yeah, he was a correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. a rebel or a stormtrooper mm-hmm. that defected because he was force sensitive and then ended up being trained by Luke. Well, it's that's a very very like ultimately it's his truncated version, but he um he did not defect because of force sensitivity. Right, but but he is force sensitive right. and he, but because of anger, he defected because he found out that the Empire killed his father. 
And so he defected and he started to learn how to use the force and, but he had a strong connection to the dark side. And so he walked away from it for years. And then when he realized I need to harness this, that's when he went to the, to the Jedi Academy on Yavin 4. But he was already like very, very strong in the force. Mm -hmm. And so he quickly became a Jedi master and became the battle master of Luke's, um, he's kind of like Like the the Mace Mace Windu to Luke's Yoda in the new Jedi order. Um, but he was instrumental in destroying the Dark Trooper project. Interesting. So we need we need a mystery force user who knows about the Empire and My can money. destroy Dark Troopers. I'm not saying it's Kyle Katarn. I think Cal is a strong candidate. You think so? Yeah, because <sighs> I don't know if I'm a fan. You know, uh, I I just think he's a likely candidate. His uh, story's open ended. Yeah. Um, and by this point in time, he'll have taught almost like a, a half generation of Jedi. So it wouldn't surprise me because the whole, sorry, if you haven't played the game, it's your fault. It's been out forever, mm-hmm. but Fallen Order, the whole point is for him to find a holocron that has the, list uh, the of youngling names. And so he destroys it at the end so that the empire couldn't get it. And, um, but he's still in charge of training Jedi. You know what I mean? So. Did he find some before he destroyed the holocron? I think he read the holocron and then destroyed it. Mm. But I think he had a force vision um, where he felt like um, Vader would have found him in the young Jedi and it would have been his fault if they would have gotten handed over. Um, so I don't think he like went after him for that purpose, but it, it's pretty heavily implied that that's basically his purpose is to carry on the Jedi legacy. Hmm. Um, and he's very much in the shadows up until this point. It wouldn't surprise me if that's who they pull in. Still pulling for Kukruk or Quinlan Voss, personally. Voss would be really cool. Voss would be raw. Yeah, I would, I'd be a big fan of that. Gideon would not stand a chance against Voss or Crook. Not even a little bit. Do you think that the Jedi will show up in the next two episodes? Um, That's kind of where this whole thing is leading, you know what I mean? They've mm-hmm. already had the, the summons. It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if... He showed up at the beginning of next episode looking for Grogu. What if everybody's dead to rights at the end of episode seven? And then the Jedi, and the Jedi, Jedi show up at eight and turns the tide, kind of like Attack of the Clones. Yeah, and then, oh, good, that's over, and then Thrawn. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. So, okay, Kyle Katarn's a long shot, but that would be cool, and I want to say it on air so we can continue the prophecies if that's <laughs> the case. Um do you think that there's any chance that Boba Fett does end up becoming the Mandalore? No, it's going to be Bo-Katan, unless Bo-Katan dies, but I still don't think it's Boba. Okay. Because that's just the legacy they've gone through with Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be Bo-Katan. Does Moff Gideon survive this season? I think if Thrawn has already partially been introduced... Um, Moff's on the chopping block. Yeah, I think he's on the chopping block. He looked really cool with that dark saber. He looked very cool with the dark saber. I was I like surprised it with, his black armor. with his the confidence and gusto that he had using it. Mm-hmm. He was just like, well, and the cool thing is, this is maybe reading too much into it, but the speed with which the lightsaber comes out of the blade is kind of up to the user a little bit. So when you're on Cloud City, right, mm-hmm. and Luke's fighting Vader, and Vader's obviously super in charge and right. control. He's, you know, and then Luke's like, 
you know, because he's obviously super nervous. And Vader, feeling large and in charge at the top of the stairs, turns his lightsaber on, and it's like, meow. Yeah. Well, you know, and then you it's have like the THX like audio if you're sound. Fighting, uh, let's talk about Episode Three, right? Mm-hmm. Obi Wan and Anakin, their lightsabers don't ignite super fast, but then there's the time when Obi Wan's about to kill Anakin. Anakin force pulls the lightsaber and bam, it's already all the way out. Yeah, you know what I mean? it's like so. what you need. It's kind of it's kind of a it's a mixture of your emotions at the time, how desperate you are, the confidence level. It seems to be What's, like about intent. But. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's where your mind is at in that moment. Yeah, but it's I think everybody can agree that the speed varies. It's not generic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And the way that Moff Gideon was like, you seen one of these, and he turned it on, and it was like. You know, it was a very smooth. Mm-hmm. Man, the dark saber sound is super dope. We should have known that the dark saber was going to show up when John Favreau had the show. Yeah, you know, because he's the voice of Pre Vizsla. Yeah. Um. But uh, okay. So Moff Gideon dies by Bo-Katan's hand or by the Mandalorian's hand? I think it's up in the air. There are too many people that want him dead. And I think it would be poetic if Bo-Katan kills him, but Mando has the spear, so. Maybe he throws it to Bo-Katan? No, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, is there any chance that we see Luke Skywalker? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a very low chance. The opposite of the odds that K2 gave to Cassian. Very low. Yeah. All right. Give me one crazy prediction for the next two episodes. I think everything I've said is pretty crazy, but I think there's a good chance of it happening. I don't have anything super off the wall. The The craziest thing that I would like to see happen would be Kruk Rooker, Quinlan Voss being the Jedi. Yeah. I um, would absolutely poop my pants if Quinlan Voss was the Jedi. I think Kruk would be the cooler version, but I would like Voss more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, okay. My crazy thing is, what if Moff has everyone dead to rights and Thrawn saves the day against Gideon? And then is forced to be the villain again because Ahsoka can't let go of her anger? No, I don't think... I don't know, maybe. Ahsoka can't die as a bad guy because she Ray can hear her voice in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I don't care. But, um... I'm just... I'm just I don't know. We're doing crazy there's, predictions here. There's at least three, if not four, seasons of The Mandalorian coming out. And if Thrawn's going to be the big bad for next season, maybe he doesn't kill Gideon. But I can see them being at odds. Yeah. So that makes it weird that there's a... Thrawn's at odds with anybody who's like Gideon. Gideon's all about power. Thrawn's all about balance. Mm-hmm. Also, um, heard a lot of bold predictions for Mace Windu being the Jedi. I don't think it's going to But especially now that Boba and Din Djarin are on the same page and on the same team. I'm going to say negative 3% chance that Mace Windu makes an appearance. So, man, I don't know. It's going to be crazy. If he does, it'll be like the first time that we were dead wrong. But yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, how long do you think the next two episodes are going to be? Um, I think maybe this one will be shorter. I think the finale is going to be long. So you think like 45 minutes in an hour? Yeah, maybe. That'll be crazy. I'd like that. I think maybe between, between 30 and 40, I think for this next one. Hmm. I hope more than 40. This yeah, one, I mean, this I last always, one felt really, really short. I always hope for them to be super long, but. I heard a prediction. Tell me what you think. Okay. Boba Fett dies. Mandalorian inherits Slave One. That'd be cool. Um, I think it'd be cool. I wouldn't like want to see Boba die. I think it'd be cool for Tenjar to get the legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel sorry for Slave 1 if Din Djarin's in charge of it just because it can beat to heck every day. Right. I don't like it. And actually, Finn said this earlier today. He said if Fett dies and Din Djarin gets Slave 1, it's literally the opposite of what the Mandalorian show set out to do by giving him, here's a new Mandalorian that you guys don't know about. It's like, oh, wow. The owner of Slave One dies. This guy takes over. Now he's the Mandalorian. He's yeah. got Slave One. It's it's kind of like painting him in Boba's shoes after Jango died. Yeah. We'll just have to see. I don't want Boba Fett to die. I, I just got him back. I know. All right. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, Moff Gideon. Um, some type of a lightsaber battle, whether it's against the spear or it's against it's, a Jedi. It's going to be the spear. Um, is going to be very, very cool. No other reason for us to have the spear. Right. No, I, I know. I'm just saying yeah. uh, it's going to be against one or both of those. Yeah. I think the spears for, for Mando is going to take the place of the rifle. Think so? Yeah. Man. Imagine having a rifle and then being like, you know, yeah. here's a spear instead. Uh, but it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be dope. Um, it would be, I think it's going to be cool to see Boba, um... I don't see him keeping the robe underneath. Yeah, I don't know. The middle we'll, armor, but we'll see. I'm excited to see Slave 1 back in action, obviously. And uh, and we'll go from ooh, there. What if we got uh, another seismic charge? Oh. Next episode, that'd be cool, huh? Seismic charge, bro. A nice little one of the ends. Seismic charge, bro. A nice little one of the ends. Oh, hold on. one of these sorry i accidentally hit record uh nice little one of these oh that would be sick yeah that'd be sick um i just want to hear timur morrison go yep like young boba yeah yep or (laughs) something like that you'll have to see okay here's a bold prediction last one and we'll go my bold prediction is din's gonna put together his crew and then boba's gonna say I've got a couple of boys that I trust, and that's your door to an Imbo or a Dengar or a Bosk showing up to help get Grogu back. Yeah, maybe. This better be worth it. Something like that. Wouldn't that be sick? Yeah, be sick. All right. Well, the greatest thing to ever cross my television screen, episode 14, The Tragedy, and I have a feeling it's just going to get better from here. The Mandalorian is on full steam ahead, and we are living in peak Star Wars right now. Absolutely. Uh, So thank you guys for tuning in. Like this video, subscribe to the channel, and share it with your friends. And we'll see you next week for our review of The Mandalorian. Tell you what, every week just feels like I'm a Jawa, Mm -hmm. and in my hand is a... (laughs) Yes. Today we were checking out at Walmart. We don't have time for this. You're getting up late. And uh, there, was a little, say goodbye. there was a little egg, and Wolf was like, the egg, the egg. So that made me laugh. All right. Thank see you. See y'all. Bye.